Hi, Rav Judy here with Baba Bacha Parak Yud, Mishnah Zion, Blockbuster Mishnah. So many pieces, amazing stuff. Here we go. Shnei Achin, Echad Ani Echad Ashir. Two brothers whose father dies and they inherit. One of them is poor, one of them is rich. Their father leaves them as an inheritance, a bathhouse and an olive press. That's just part of the inheritance. The question between them is, the poor one wants to rent them out and take the rental income. The rich one says, I don't need the rental income. I'd love to have a bathhouse house for myself, my family to use, even though, you know, it's like, it's like imagine a vacation home. The father, you know, if, the, if there was inheritance of a vacation home, so the poor one says, listen, let's rent it out and we'll split the money. The other one says, no, I'd rather be able to take my week or two or three a year in that vacation home and let it sit idle the rest of the time. I don't need that. So, asa an l'schar, haschar be'emza. If the father had made it, the you know the original owner of the bathhouse and the uh, olive press had rented them out, they were done as an investment to bring in rental income uh, or usage income. Then the uh, then the the poor brother can force the rich brother and say we are renting it out, and then they split the rent. A son Atzman, however, if the father had made it for himself, he enjoyed having a, his own olive press, his own uh, bathhouse. Then Hareya Asher Omar Ani, the rich brother is allowed to, doesn't have to, could be a mensch, but is allowed to say to the poor brother, Why don't you go get some slaves and they can enjoy the bathhouse? Why don't you go get some olives and you can press them? Basically meaning, we're not renting this out, we're going to use it, and I'm sorry that you don't really have any olives to press because you're poor, and I'm sorry you don't have very many people around working for you that you could send to the bathhouse. We're not renting it out because it wasn't made for that and I inherited it as such. I don't want to rent it out. We're moving on to a new case. If there are two people in a town whose name is exactly the same, Yosef son of Shimon and Yosef son of Shimon, they are not allowed to enter into financial like debt agreements with one another uh, because they can't take out a document against one another. Uh, and nobody can they, they can't pull they can't pull debts from each other because we don't know if Yosef bin Shimon one is holding a document that says Yosef bin Shimon owes Yosef bin Shimon. We don't know if he's the debtor, if he's the creditor, if it got handed over because it was already paid or it's still being held onto because it's still owed. It's impossible. So, uh, so we, we have to figure out what to do. Similarly, if uh, somebody finds among his documents uh, that he had uh, he had lent money to Yosef and Shimon one, as well as to Yosef and Shimon two, and finds a note that says the debt of Yosef and Shimon has been repaid, so now that you have to forgive both debts, even though only one of them paid you back, because you don't know which one, and if you don't know which one, how could you go to the other one? This gets back to things we discussed earlier, in particularly above Metzia, of notions that in order order to extract money from someone, you have to have proof. Here you don't have proof. You can't prove which Yosef and Shimon paid you back and which one didn't, and therefore you can't really collect from either of them. Ah, so what do you do? This is really problematic. You can have people, you know, some names are a little bit less common. There aren't that many, uh, you know, I, I had no problem getting uh, an email address uh, with the name Judah Dardik. was not particularly common or popular, apparently. Um, but if your name is, uh, you know, Moshe Cohen, Danny Klein, like these names come up. So what are you going to do? Ketzid Yasu, Yishaleshu. What do you do? You go back a third generation. Yosef and Shimon ben Yitzchak versus Yosef and Shimon ben Avraham. Ah, that'll help. But let's say you do that and they still they have the same grandfather's names. Yichtavu Simon. 
then you use some sort of an identifying marker. Ah, Yosef and Shimon the tall, or Yosef and Shimon the the dark haired, uh, something like that, in order to uh, to make them the same, to make them distinct. I'm sorry. The Imayu Misuman, and let's say they're, they're they really actually are a lot alike, and you can't there aren't any good identifying signs. Yichtevu Kohen. Ah, what if one of them's a Kohen? Yosef and Shimon the Kohen versus Yosef and Shimon the non Kohen. Okay. Haomer Lebno, person says to their child, and this is on their deathbed. Star Star Bein Starotai Parua. One of the documents I hold a bunch of debts that people owe me, and one of them was repaid. But I don't know which one it was. We assume that all of them are paid. Why? The person's saying that because they don't want to go to the next world and uh, collect and end up having their heirs collect money from someone who's really actually repaid, and they can't say who it is, and therefore each one is in doubt. And in order to collect from someone, you can't have a doubt. So, uh, so they're all considered repaid. Wow. Nims of the echad sham shnayim hagadol perua vakatan enaprua. Ah, but let's say uh, the person who's dying had a bunch of debts outstanding that people owed him, and one person owed him two debts, a larger sum and a smaller sum. And what he said was, somebody paid me back one of these, and I don't know which one. Then we assume the larger one is repaid, but the smaller one is not, because for sure, one person has two debts, one of them is still extant, and we're going to assume it's the smaller one that is still extant, because we can't pull out, we can't collect the larger one until we know for sure. When you lend to someone and there's a guarantor on the debt, you shouldn't go straight to the guarantor. Uh, you should first go to the debtor, try to collect from them, and only go to the guarantor when you can't get the money back from the debtor. Unless, at the time of the debt, there's a guarantor, and it's stipulated, and I collect, I de- a creditor, have the right to collect from either of you, from whomever I like, okay, then you can go to the guarantor. says, no, even if there's a guarantor, even if you said, I can collect from either of you when I want, you still don't go to the guarantor if the, the debtor has assets. Very interesting. Shemeg Amlil says that if a, uh, if a man or woman get married, and so there's a ketuba, right, a, a pre-existing debt now that he's going to owe her in event of his, his uh, predeceasing her or divorce. So if there's an arev, if there's a guarantor on the ketuba, and the husband divorces her, the husband should take a vow, I will never get any benefit from you. What's the point of that? Because otherwise, a husband and wife could conspire and say, I'll tell you what, honey, we need money. There's a guarantor in your ketubah. Why don't I divorce you? I'm putting that in quotation marks. Divorce you. Then you won't be able to collect the ketubah from me because I don't have any assets. You'll go to the guarantor. He'll pay you. Then I'll remarry you and we'll keep the money. So uh, we're looking to avoid that sort of scenario. So the husband takes a vow and says, I won't get any benefit from you. As a result, he can no longer um, benefit from me. He can't ever remarry her. And so if she collects from the guarantor, it's not going to go to the two of them pulling some sort of shtick.